I told you previously that my son and his fiance would be married in December, and now it has come to pass. But was there ever such a bonding and loving as that which occurred in touching moments? Our son was married two weeks ago. Such moments are always momentous for families, and our event was no different in that regard. A couple clearly devoted to one another and professing their vows within a 1900s Victorian mansion. White roses everywhere, a variety of foods without end, a pianist to fill the halls with non-intrusive joy, a 12-foot Christmas tree to challenge the high ceiling, an open fireplace warming our winter. But with all due admiration and love for the newlyweds, and as beautiful and moving as the wedding was, believe me when I say that this ceremony in these days turned out to be even more than that. It's not unusual, I think, for the families of brides and grooms not to have met prior to a wedding, especially when they reside far away from each other. Such was the case between these two families, one located in the upper Midwest and the other in California. Aside from a brief Zoom call together at Thanksgiving, the only insights into one another had come from the bride and groom, and whatever stories either had chosen to share about their kin. That might leave the families feeling some uncertainties about meeting up with the others. So a lunch together in the days before the wedding seemed in order. When we gathered at noon, we knew very little about each other. By the time we parted a few hours later, the heavens seemed to have granted all of us new extended family. And what a reunion took place among these families. What is it within the cosmic order that can bring people together in relative anonymity and bond them almost instantly? Is it love? Whatever force it may be, it exerted itself immediately among us. Hugs opened the door. Our chatter began before we were seated. Familiarity flowed like water through a fountain. And though bride and groom had joined us for the meal, the connections being made far exceeded their orbit. The rest of us had commenced building a wider family than perhaps either of the principals had imagined. We had come from different regions of the country. We carried with us a range of ages and backgrounds, including fields of medicine, law, health, social work, art, and philanthropy. Collectively, we represented three ethnicities, and although only two generations shared the table this day, the weekend would soon enough be enjoined by an amazing couple to extend our range to three eras. And within this crowd, we could feel the lines of connection developing with each passing minute. Those first few hours passed so quickly, so pleasantly, that upon departure, we recognized the desire for more time together. California mom said that she already had cooking in mind for the arrival of several more guests and that we should come. 
we did not wait for a second invitation. The joy and enjoyment of the Friday lunch should not have surprised us, not after the warm feelings of Thursday noon. But now, added to the mix, were an older generation aunt and uncle, 88 and 94 respectively, arriving from the east. An aunt and uncle and their daughter from North Carolina had joined. And once again, before coats were even removed, the chatter and conversations had begun. Two families as though they were one, people falling into the easy comfort of being with kindred spirits, amazed at the joy and enjoyment of being with one another. Through it all, we found ourselves nurtured and energized by sharing a meal given by our hosts. There is something extraordinary in such a gathering. I'm not sure what the bride and groom might have thought about all of this. Perhaps they assumed that all families coming together in this way behave similarly. Maybe they were bemused at seeing their respective families behave in such good-humored and happy ways. Maybe they were too starry-eyed or preoccupied to notice the unique thing that was happening around their big day. If I had thought to do so, I would have suggested to them that not all families connect in this way, and that something quite remarkable was taking place within the context of their big weekend, and that if they were not already absorbing everything around them, they should take notice of this. But I suspect that they were already seeing it. The ceremony was gorgeous. The bride looked beautiful, as from a magazine photo. The groom was, well, my son, a source of great pride for Katie and me. The party lasted long into the night with dancing and celebrating in the recognition of a new entity, a couple just married, and the promise they carried, and the joining of two families. Then, too soon, the weekend was winding down and flights had to be met and homes returned to. Bidding farewell might always feel bittersweet in such instances, a joy at the marriage against the sadness of an event now past. Every family member felt it, an exuberance tempered by passing of a long-anticipated event. And here is what the connections were all about. As we walked our family to their car, California mom hugged Katie once again, long and with emotion. Once more, Katie hugged back. But this time, there were serious tears in the eyes of both moms, not only in joy at the marriage of their children, but in the acknowledgement that what had been formed exceeded a wedding. The cosmos had smiled unreservedly on two families that had become as one. 